You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program, where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I, as Christians, are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. So excited that you're here with me today. As always, want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee. They are incredible. If you have not got your Christmas shopping finished, go check these guys out. Outpostcoffeeco.com or go downtown Bartlesville. You can find them and you can pick up a gift card for a loved one that would be a perfect stocking stuff. I know I would personally love to have that in my stocking. Uh, go to outpostcoffeeco.com or you can check them out downtown Bartlesville and while you're there, pick up a latte. That's my favorite. Just say I like a vanilla latte. It's one of my favorites. Check them out, outpostcoffeeco.com. Okay, so on today's program, I want to talk about pressure. I want to talk about, I mean, we live in a world that's full of pressure. We're, we live in a world that is just, I mean, everybody is under pressure on some level. And, and I just... I want to try to help us and see what it looks like when people that walk through pressure are prepared and not prepared. Because we're all under pressure, but the matter, the question is whether or not you are able to stand in the middle of the pressure. So I want to give sort of kind of a, a story that went along. In 2010, there was two major earthquakes that happened at the beginning of 2010. One was in Haiti and one was in Chile. And the one that happened in Haiti like the country was devastated everything was demolished i mean the capital city was completely leveled the palace that was there was completely destroyed and um 200,000 people died just a, a horrific moment in in the in that country's history to see where they they had fallen uh, everything had just sort of kind of fallen into just chaos at the midst, in the midst of this massive earthquake and just a few weeks later, there was another one that happened in Chile. And in Chile, it was dramatically different. It was a an earthquake. The one in Haiti was 7.0, and the one in Chile was 8.8. .8. So the, the experts say it was 500 times worse in Chile. But yet, only right at 1,000 people died. I mean, it's still horrible, but right at 1,000 people died. Um, so it's not, it wasn't near as bad as 200,000. So right at 1,000... And the buildings weren't as as damaged. There just wasn't that much damage compared to what happened in Haiti. And the question is, what happened? Why did that? Why did that take place? Well, it was because the the Chile government was prepared. Like they went into and they did all the the things necessary to prepare themselves for um, this possibility of a, an earthquake. There was they were preparing themselves for. The possibility of a, a bad um, earthquake, and, and Haiti didn't do that. Haiti didn't prepare themselves. They just were kind of lived their lives, and they did nothing. And here's the thing: we're gonna. I want to talk about two different types of people: people who stand under pressure, and people that fold and fall under pressure, because that's that's the two kind of people we that that live in the world in which we are in. People either fold under pressure or they stand, and I want to 
try to help us, I want to paint a picture today and go through four things I think are necessary for us to stand in the midst of pressure. And I'll give them to you just up front, and then we're going to unpack it, and I'm going to go through the scriptures. Number one is prepare for pressure. Number two is practice under pressure. And number three is change your perspective on pressure. And then number four is pour a foundation that stands under pressure. And so I've got these four ideas that I want to try to flesh out for us and talk about this to try to help us in this season. I know that the Christmas season and I know the holidays, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of insanity and crazy that just can come at us. And I think if we can understand from the Bible what it looks like to um, to stand in the midst of pressure, I mean, regardless of the holidays, I mean, the enemy's coming after us. The enemy's coming after you and, and he's going to use the pressures of life to try to tear you apart. And the question is, where are you going to go when pressure mounts. John chapter 16 verse 33 tells us that there is going to be um, trials that are going to come our way. And the question is, um, where are we going to stand? It says, I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But take heart, for I have overcome this present world. Guys, I want us to see this, and this the beauty in this text, that, that Jesus promised us that there's going to be trials, there's going to be temptations, there's going to be pressure that's going to come into your life. And preparing for it, and knowing that it's coming, it's, and that, like, that's, the first, that's the first part of the battle, is knowing the battle's coming. Prepare yourself, know it's coming. Prepare for what is coming. The goal is, how are you going to... How are you going to handle pressure when it comes? Are you going to act like a little spoiled kid when things happen and you just like throw a fit? Are you going to be a man or woman of God that's going to stand up and say, okay, we got this. How, how am I, what am I going to do? Are you going to be a small child? Or are you going to be a grown up and say, okay, pressures are coming and just mentally prepare yourself. If your foundation is in Christ, you will have a preparedness that you, that no one else around you will have. And, and that's the beauty. And, and if you have that foundation, you can share how to have that foundation. It's just huge to prepare yourself mentally, spiritually, physically. Know that the pressure is coming and know that, yes, that the, the trials and the temptations are coming our way. Um, but we need to, we just need to have ourselves prepared for the pressure. So that's, that's number one. Uh, number two, we're going to look at this. Practice under pressure. When you play a sport, in order to, to do the best on the actual game field, what do you got to do? You practice. You got you to gotta go through the drills of knowing how to do things and, and know where to throw the ball, know where to kick, know where to stand, know where to do things. You got to practice. You got to practice under pressure. You got you to gotta do the work that's necessary um, and, and just prepare yourself. And I'm going to tell you, the best coach that's out there, is Jesus Christ. He is the best coach. He is. He knows all. He is the best at everything. And I, I want to see that. I want to show you this te this text in First Chronicles chapter twenty nine, verse seventeen. It says this: I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all things, and now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. 
Like that's beautiful and glorious to see what God's doing. God's testing us and he's like he loves the uprightness of the heart. He loves it. The question is under pressure, under pressure, are you going to choose God's way? Are you going to go God's way or are you going to go the way of the flesh? When it comes, are you going to practice this out, play this out in your mind, just study, immerse yourself in God's word? It's okay because I'm going to study and know what God's doing in, in his word and I'm going to know how to handle pressure when it comes my way because I know that the Lord takes delight in uprightness. And I know that the, that the tests and the trials and the temptations are coming and that the, the God of the universe, the triune God of the universe, loves, loves, loves and takes pleasure in uprightness. So I'm going to study to show myself approved. I'm going to know God's word. I'm going to engraft it into my life. And I'm going to follow and go God's way. Man, so, so beautiful. Um, Mark chapter 12, verse um, 14. I want you to see this with me really quick. I'm turn over. I'm, I'm, I'm turning in the actual text, so you know that I'm, I'm looking at it. But Mark chapter twelve, verse fourteen says this. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the ways of God. It is lawful to pay taxes to Caesar. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? And so, like, I want us to see this. So often what happens is that we're placed, we're, we're, we, we get put, we put ourselves in a position of peer pressure. And we, we cave to it. We worry about what people are going to say, what people are going to think. We're, we just are concerned about what is happening with other people. And, and we worry about what people will think of us, what they're going to talk about us, what they're going to say about us. And here's the, the disciples are like, wait a second, we, we realize you don't even care. Jesus, you don't care what anybody thinks. You don't care what anybody says. You are not swayed by the opinions of others. The question is, are we going to be men and women who are not swayed by the opinions of other people? Because Jesus wasn't swayed. We're called to be imitators of Christ. Are you swayed by the things of the world or are you going to stand under pressure? That is so big. That's so big. Are, are you swayed by the opinions of others or are you swayed by what Jesus wants? Uh, my hope and my prayer for us is that we would be swayed by what Christ has for us, wants for us, desires for us, rather than you know what my neighbor thinks or what the guy at church or what the lady at church thinks or the lady at my office or the guy at my office thinks. I want to be swayed by Christ, what Christ thinks of me, because what Christ thinks of me is what truly matters. Okay, number three, change your perspective on pressure. Um, God uses pressure to develop you and I. That's, that's what God does with pressure. He uses it to develop us into uh, what we're supposed to be, which is into the image of Christ himself. Um, Satan will use pressure to destroy you. That's that's the goal of the enemy. Actually, it's the stated goal in John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the enemy, Satan, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Like, that's his stated goal from the... <clears throat> from the from the get-go is to destroy you. And, and so he's going to use the pressure in your life, the pressure that you have um, 
in your daily job, in school, and your marriage, and your just family. He's going to use those pressures to kill, steal, and destroy you in any way possible. He doesn't care how he gets you as long as he gets you. So that's uh, when we change our perspective on how pressure is used by God and by Satan, I think it's going to change how we view life. If we look at pressure, uh, God, what, instead of, oh man, I hate this, and this, my, you know, everything's going horrible, what if we started looking at our problems? Man, I've got so many problems, I've got so many trials, I've got so many problems in my life. What if we started looking at problems as blessings rather than problems? What if we started seeing those problems as blessings from the Lord to mold us and shape us into the image of Jesus? Like That's the desire, that's the hope is that we would have um, those things mold us and shape us into his image. What if we started seeing the pressure as a development tool in our lives? What if we started saying, God, thank you for the pressure in my life in order to mold me and shape me into the image of your son? What if we started seeing our trials and temptations and problems as opportunities and blessings. I just think that if we changed our perspective, we'd start to see things differently. Um, and if we started seeing, you know, okay, Satan's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to mess my life up. He wants to mess my marriage up. He wants to mess my family up on in multiple ways. He wants to do things that are going to harm me rather than help me. And so we start to see that Satan wants to use pressure to destroy us. Uh, I, I think we could start to, to just name that and see that and no longer uh, allow him to have rule and reign in our lives. And something else that I find very interesting is that God will convict you and I of our sins. He'll convict us uh, of where we've fallen short. But here's what will ha come with conviction is that God will point you towards reconciliation and redemption. He'll point you towards the cross of Christ to find forgiveness there. That's what God will do. Satan will point out your sins and just make you feel dirty, confused, isolated, alone, and sad. Like that's all he'll do. He'll he'll do his dead level best to destroy you and to 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 wound you in some way. And so we have to differentiate. We have to see the difference and find out what God is doing. God's always going to lead you to an answer. Satan will leave you in confusion and doubt. And I just, I think that that is so, so big. James chapter 1, see this, this is really big. If we, if we see this text, James chapter 1 and verse 12, he gives us, God gives us the answer in the text. And it really, um, <clears throat> James chapter 1 and verse 12 really does give us the answer. It says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial or pressure, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So God's always got the answer. God's always going to point you to the answer, and Satan's always going to point you to doubt. So number three is change your perspective on pressure. So that's the third one. Um, fourth one, the final one, is to pour a foundation that stands under pressure. Have a foundation that's poured that is solid and that can withstand the pressures of life, the storms of life. Matthew chapter 7, we, we, there's a song that was written out of this text. 
and and you'll you'll probably begin to sing it when you hear the text. And when we read this, it's Matthew chapter seven and starting in verse twenty-four. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. I know you're starting to sing it. And in verse 25 it says, The rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, but it did not fall. Why? Because it had been founded on the rock. It had a foundation in the rock, the rock of Jesus Christ. Verse 26 says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand and the winds fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell. Why? Because it was built on the sand. That, that's, that's it. We have to pour a foundation. We have to have a foundation that can stand under the pressures of life. And where does that, where does that foundation come from? That foundation exclusively comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the only place it comes from. It, you will not find any other hope, any other help, any other options other than this. Under the pressure you and I currently are fighting, the pressure that you're currently in, you have to find the foundation of God's word on those topics, on those moments in your life. God's word has to be the final authority and that's the question. Are you going to find God's word on this topic or are you going to go outside and try to of, of God's word to try to fix it with some sort of a uh, self-help book? I know that in the world in which we live, one of the largest sections in the bookstores are self-help. Everybody knows that there's a problem. We all know that there's an issue. And sadly, because we've gone, we don't go to Christ, we go to, man, I'll dig deep inside myself and see if I can find the answers. I'm going to be honest. We're not going to find the answers in and, our, in and of ourselves. Christ has to be the foundational point that we look to. As Hebrews chapter 12 says, he has to be the author and the perfecter of our faith in order for us to, to go where we're supposed to go, to do what we're supposed to do. Because if that doesn't happen, it's not going to work. If we don't pour a foundation. If we don't have a, if we don't have that foundation of Christ and God's word, it's just gonna it's gonna go south for us very very quickly, and so we have to see this for what it is. The wise man is going to build his house on the rock of Jesus Christ because when the when the pressures and the winds and the waves of life smash against that because smash against your life, guess what? They're not gonna fall if Christ is the foundational cornerstone because there's not an issue in the world that you are standing in right now that Jesus can't handle that Jesus hasn't already handled and I've said this before on, on certain sermons and in other podcasts before but man if you're in Christ none of us in the none of us that are listening to, to this that are in Christ are um, fighting for a victory we're fighting from the victory because Jesus already won the war the war is over the war's over. It's it's been won. God is sitting on the throne, and He is the champion. He is the one who is fine, has the final say in all of this. And we have to understand that if we look to Christ, if we look to Him as the Author and Perfector, the one who's made all things possible, and we see that, and we have that foundation, it's going to stand under pressure. That's what a wise man, a wise woman will do. A foolish man or a foolish woman 
will build their house on their own self-worth and their own self-identity and say, well, I got this. I, I'm a rock. I'm an island. Well, I'm going to promise you, you're not a rock and you're not an island. There's going to be a day when you're going to come against something that's going to cause you to collapse. But if you collapse into the arms of Christ, I can promise you this. Everything, everything will work out in the end. So what if I lose everything? Well, you lose everything, but you still have Christ, and He is more than enough. That's one of the things that I just, I remember watching uh, as my mom died of cancer. I just remember seeing that, like she had Christ, and that was her pivotal foundational point, was Christ and Christ alone. Her hope was not in anything else other than Christ. And because of that, her home is heaven. Her Savior is the one who secured her and wooed her and brought her in to the kingdom. And so I, I, can, I can promise you this. Men and women who do these four things that I've talked about, prepare for pressure, practice under pressure, changing your perspective on it, and then having a foundation that's, that's poured into, uh, that's in Christ, man, those are, that's going to be a game changer. It's going to be a massive game changer. Um, this is the kind of leader that people want to follow. A leader that's prepared for the pressures of life. A leader that has done the due diligence, done the studying in God's word to prepare for the pressures in life. Um, a, a leader who um, has really changed his mindset on the pressures of the world and said, okay, listen, God's using this to do what he needs to do in my life. And then a leader who has poured his foundation in Christ. It's going to change the world and it will bless your family. If you become that man, become that woman who lives in this fashion. Don't, don't be like the folks in Haiti who didn't have any preparation. Chile. Chile is the, are the folks who, who had everything figured out. They prepared. They saw the potential for the disaster and said, okay, I'm going to be ready for this. Guys, I'm going to tell you, we live in a fallen, Genesis 3, fallen world, and sin is rampant right now. And we have to be prepared. Okay, Sin's coming after us. Satan wants to destroy us. We have to be prepared. We have to be ready. And we have to know that he is more than enough. Guys, I promise this will change the way you interact with people, inter interact in the world in which we live. If you just pr just have these, prepare for pressure because it's coming. We're all under it, but it's just a matter of whether or not we hand this over to Jesus or if we try to fix it on our own. Guys, I love you. Thanks for taking, thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to this broadcast. Pray that it's blessed your heart and that you would um, just find him to be sufficient. I love you all so much. Thank you for the support. Uh, 2019 is closing up here pretty soon. And we're going to start off a brand new year in 2019 here pretty quick, or 2020 here pretty quick. And um, I just I just pray that the Lord uses this broadcast as, as he has in, in 2019 to just encourage us, to spur us on, to, to love one another, to, to come around one another. Um, Father, we thank you. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for the people who listen to this broadcast. I thank you that, that uh, they're not alone. We're not alone because we have you and you're more than sufficient. You're more than enough. Help us. We love you. 
We pray all this in your beautiful and precious name. Amen. Guys, if you want to find out more about uh, what we're doing, check out my website, www.calebgordon.com. Um, I'd love to be a part of uh, your next event, your next thing. Um, just pour into your folks and just to, to encourage and come alongside. Uh, love y'all. Have a great, great day. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.